Hello everybody, my name is Lat Mackey and this is Sequence Break. So Summer Games Done Quick 2018 was the first time that I ever got to visit and participate in a Games Done Quick live event. And it was awesome. Uh, among other things, including my first ever run, I got a chance to host a panel with Lack Attack and Evan Grill. And it was geared specifically towards people who wanted to get into speedrunning. When I first started speedrunning, I found it uh, kind of tough to find like a place to have all the proper information to compete and submit a time and record and how do you do all of this stuff? I had all these questions and thankfully uh, my, my good friend Evan Grill uh, was able to join me as well as somebody who I had never met uh, until I had done the panel and that's Lack Attack. And the reason I'm including it as part of this podcast is some of the information uh, may be a little bit outdated and it's really geared towards the beginner. There's some really great insight provided by Evan and Lack Attack. So um, while it is a bit dated, it's really a great conversation with both of these two. And if you want to see the video version, it's available on YouTube and you can see the PowerPoint that we, pre we presented. Uh, but really the conversation is what's uh, what's really at the heart and the meat of this panel. So without further ado, Summer Games Done Quick 2018, uh, speed a beginner's intro to speedrunning with Lack Attack and Evan Grill. Hey everyone, how you doing? Uh, my name is uh, Lat Mackey and welcome to the first frame. This is kind of like a beginner's guide to speedrunning and competitive speedrunning. Um, I'm gonna, we're gonna cover a couple, a bunch of topics. We're gonna introduce the panel here in just a sec, but what you're gonna get while you're here is um, what is a speedrun, game selection, recording the first run, run submission, run improvement, streaming, and Q&A. Um, if you'd like, if you can't see the screen up there, uh, you can go to Creating Matt Lackey, and then uh, we have a quick URL there, speed running, so you can follow along on your phone or whatever. Um, I'd like to quickly introduce the panel, and then I'll let, let you know why I kind of started this thing and why we, we're trying to do something like this. Uh, on my far right is the one, the only Lack Attack. So thanks for being here. Um, he's a speedrunner of more than 30 games and in over 45 different categories. How long have you been doing this, Lack? I've been speedrunning since April 2013. So, okay, so, so about five and a half years, or five plus years. Five yeah. plus years. So mm -hmm. it has a lot of experience. Um, unlike myself, who is very new to this, I've been only been doing it for about six, uh, six months. So kind of having a good experience and new perspective to speedrunning. Um, he's a current world record holder in City Connection. Thank you. Thank the Legend you. of Zelda yes. and uh, Doki Doki Panic, but I assume you've held road records in other games as well at different times. I've held, held records in a Super Mario RPG and a category of Mario 1. I did, we did... Uh, co-op run with Darbian, yeah. who you may have heard of. Um, but uh, we did Mario and Luigi, and we, we got the record in that. It was pretty fun. Very cool, man. Mm -hmm. Very cool. That's a cool guy. I love the game. Okay, and then on, on his left and my right is uh, Mr. Evan Grill, who is uh, the he is the moderator of one of the games that I currently run, uh, Bonk's Revenge, and you're, you're a new moderator, right, on Airzonk? Uh, I'm the, yeah, the moderator on Airzonk and a moderator on Pac-Land, and uh, mostly TG16 games. So if you're into obscure TurboGrafx-16 games, this is your guy right here, Evan Grill. Um, I, it's kind of, hopefully he's going to bring the perspective of how to submit a run and moderating and what's, what, what, do you, what do we do when we verify a run, uh, when you've verified a speed run. And also, uh, hardware enthusiast. Um, a lot of my streaming setup and stuff like that came from help with uh, from uh, Evan Grill. So appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Thanks of for being here, guys. Okay, so let's move along. So what is speedrunning? And I know it's kind of a generic question, but basically speedrunning is just a playthrough of a video game with completion performed as fast as you can. 
I think most of you who are attending understand this, but it's good to, if we're trying to let the outside world know what we're trying to do, we, it's good that we have a definition so we understand that you're just trying to play the game as fast as possible. That's, it's a very simple kind of definition of what we do. And then the competitive side of this, because one of the things that's great about speedrunning is that we submit our runs and we try to improve our own times and we're comparing our times to others. There's leaderboards depending on the game. So a competitive speedrun consists of a recorded playthrough of the game that is timed, submit, and verified by a community moderator or moderators, depending on the game. Okay. So with that kind of language and vocabulary in mind, we're gonna uh, move along to game selection, which without a doubt is the most important aspect of speedrunning. And the reason I bring this up is because you're gonna be playing the game a bunch of times when you choose a game to speedrun. Uh, the best advice that I ever got was choose a game that you enjoy. And the first game that I ever took on was Super Mario Brothers 3, and it was one of my favorite games growing up as a kid, which I assume a lot of us who are doing retro uh, style games, um, that's choose one of the games that you really enjoyed a lot, because you, I mean, I put in a thousand resets into this game, and it, I'm still not even happy with the time I have. So I'm gonna go, what was the first game you ever uh, speedrun uh, last? So <clears throat> the first game I ever speedrun was Super Adventure Island 2 for the Super Nintendo. Uh, and the reason I chose that was because I was looking on Speed, uh, Speed Demos Archive as a website, kind of like a hall of fame for good speedruns, and I didn't see that game on there, and so I assumed that there was no time for it. So I said, well, I could get the world record in this right now <laughs> by, by just completing a run. Absolutely. And, uh, and so I did, and I actually, I, it was about an hour, hour and two minutes, and uh I wanted to get the sub hour. I was like, if I can get under an hour, that'd be really cool. I could submit it, um, and I'd be, I'd be proud of that. So there was some improvement early. Um, nobody had really routed it out, and this was in 2013. So um, resources were much more scarce back then as instead of now. Like There's resources for almost every game, tutorials and everything. I was just like, I think this is the fastest way to go. I'm going to try to do it. And now the time has been lowered to around 46 minutes. Um, since then, and so that's just really neat to see speedrunning come that far in that game. But so you and we've mentioned that you speedrun many different games. What has uh, what game have you put the most amount of time into nowadays? Uh, it's definitely Zelda One. Um, I've have over almost thirteen thousand attempts in the main category, um, and then I've played every other category, which you know a few hundred times probably. So. Uh, I can't even like put a number, but definitely over a thousand hours in the past five years. So you've got quite a variety of games that you've speedrun. What, in your opinion, like makes for a good speedrun game for you personally? I like different experiences in speedruns. So I, the reason I like Zelda One is that none of no two runs are the same. Um, you're going to get different variables, different uh, RNG, random random events in this uh, while you play the game. Um, you'll probably see different scenarios you haven't seen before. Um, Zelda 1 is a very like deep mental game, so you're counting along, um, trying to force drops and stuff um, as you're playing, and so that kind of keeps the game fresh as you play it. Um, I also enjoy something like Super Mario 1, where it's literally the same thing over and over. I want to you know, kind of zone out and just play a game. I might not want to think as much. Um, I also play RPGs, which can vary between three and six hours in length, and sometimes I just want that deep immersive uh, experience while I'm playing and enjoy music and just kind of sit back and relax. 
One of my misconceptions when I started speedrunning was that it had to be a platformer that you, you know, you speedrun. And I know it sounds so silly, but it's one of the first things you see and things like that. But as as I as I've grown as, into the community and everything like that, it it really comes, almost any game can be speedrun. I mean, there's really, I can't think of a game, I mean, I, recently for 12 hour challenge, Darbian was uh, speedrunning, you know, uh, Wii Golf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if we can do Wii Golf, what, uh, you know, just, uh, it seems like there's really, there's no, um, uh, there's, there's nothing concealed or con keeping us from trying out different or new types of games. Yeah, even something like a rail shooter or a shoot 'em up or a game like, um, like Gradius or something that's like an auto scroller there can be things that you can do on the bosses that will actually like shave a tenth of a second off your time and that is considered speedrunning as well you know one of the uh, the Pac-Man game I, we just recently were looking up some some stats on that and that has a score based category and things like that there are so many different ways to play the game all just really <laughs> if right exactly if there's a goal you can run it such a good yeah. good uh, piece of advice thanks yeah. I appreciate that Cool. So let's, uh, so let's go over, the, this is going to be kind of a longer portion of this. We're going to talk about the first run. And there's a bunch of different things you should do, but the first thing you should do if you're going to consider a competitive speed run is to view the leaderboard. And every game has their own rules. Some of the leaderboards might not exist for a specific game. Uh, there, are, there are many different aspects to go into to prepping for your first uh, game that you're going to play. Um, I'm going to, Evan, what, what, what do you, as a moderator, what do, do you, how, do you, how do the rules get created for some of these games? So like for Bonk's Revenge, um, when I came in, there was one, there was literally just one run and it was six months old, and he hadn't even touched the game since, and I don't think he's even touched it since then. Um, and there were no rules written, so I asked to be a moderator, I became a moderator, and I wrote the rules. And um, I talked to him about it, and we made some decisions about what, what was acceptable, what wasn't. Uh, the biggest thing is know that the first set of rules you write aren't gonna be perfect, and you're gonna have to change them. Like one of the things we do right now is we accept uh, emulators, but a lot of uh, the more advanced games have started switching to emulators are only allowed, you know, as long as you're not in the top 20 or emulators are only allowed in certain circumstances or just no emulators allowed or they're a separate category. Um, so th there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of variation. The rules are going to be rewritten multiple times. You're going to get input from more experienced people. You'll have more experienced people like... Uh, Lack come in and say, hey, I, this really doesn't seem like it, it promotes com competition or something like that. And you're going to, they're, they're going to change. Speaking to that point, Lack, has there been a point where, you know, some rules didn't quite make sense or there were things that you needed to change? And is there a pro how was your process? Is it, has that ever happened with you? Uh, we've done that with uh, Zelda 1. Um, we had uh, a couple categories that just, um, I think we changed the rules for some of our extension categories. So like the main categories stayed the same, but there have been circumstances where we've added like a clarification or somebody found a new glitch and we said, oh, well, that glitch isn't allowed or, or, or in this category. But, you know, th those are probably the things that, um, that are most important, like glitchless or versus like an any percent beat the game type category. To define what those glitches are and things like that. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, while it's not the only place that you can submit a run, speedrun.com is probably the most popular at, at this point, I would assume. And on any game that you select, in the top right corner, as you see in this image, it just it has the, view, the rules there. It's really simple to view them, and you can just make sure you're following them, or else your run may not be verified. It may be denied. When you, if a run does get denied, do you, do you let the runner know um, if, if yeah, for reasons? Yeah, I'll message them on Twitch or on Twitter, whatever the, the easiest way to get a hold of them is, and just let them know, hey, um, 
here's what the issue was. Um, sometimes there's there's timing issues, like you know they they started a second or two too late, and uh, sometimes I'll work with them and make sure that they or see if we can time it separately and then figure out what the time was. Um, sometimes I'll just say, hey, we'll we'll see you next time. Nice. Just trying to make it accommodating, right? There's trying to break down those walls, exactly like that. Okay. So, for your first run, you need to time your run. Kind of obvious, makes a lot of sense. So, how do you go about doing that? And there are many different ways. The, the way that I first did it was to actually time it after the run because I couldn't play the game very well to begin with. So, I wanted to just make sure I could actually focus on some gameplay. And and I'll learn. I'll do. I, I see. You know, I see the timers that other streamers have used and things like that, and other runners. But I'm just gonna. I want to get the game down. So for me, that was one of the easiest ways to go about it. And when I timed it afterwards, I was literally timing it with uh, with, with the stopwatch on my phone. And it was just kind of an easy way to start and then figuring it out later. That's not the only way that you can do these things. There's also uh, uh, you can you can use a timer while you're actually playing the game. And let's see. So I, it's kind of as I'm I'm about six months in, and so I, I've learned to use the timer during my run. But it's not an easy thing to pick up. Um, do, do you did you did you always start out splitting your runs right away, or did you did you ever try any of the other different types of timing ways? I, I've used the I've used the timer the whole time I've been speedrunning because I saw people play with timers on their stream layout, and I said, well, how can I get this? So I used W split. So if you know what W split is, then you're probably an old boy. But um, that came out before live split, and um, it was just a timer, and you could add splits like you see there on the right of that image. Um, and I put a lot of work in my splits. Like live split lets you put in pictures, and um, you can do sub splits. You can make them look nice. You can have different colors for if you're ahead or behind. So you can show your previous runs. I've noticed you do that on your Zelda runs. So. Yeah, there's a lot of functionality. Absolutely. Um, one of the, the one of the ideas about taking this on was I, I wanted to just use stuff around my house when I did my first run. So what do I have around the house and what's free? What, what do I already have so I don't have to buy or learn new, any, any, learn any new equipment? So uh, that was kind of my idea too about timing it afterwards that I didn't have to, I didn't have to figure out all of the, the technical side of it yet because I wasn't quite knowledgeable. Um, what, so you said you, you've mentioned you, you split during your runs and you've always been doing that. What are the benefits of splitting during the run? So for a viewer, so it's really for your kind of personal feedback, you're like, well, is my run any good? Am I, am I doing well versus my past performance? Um, it's better if you're streaming, it lets your viewers know while you're streaming, how are you doing? Because they'll say, how are the runs going? And you say, well, you can look at the splits. <laughs> um, but I, I always have, uh, you know, split while I'm playing. Do you, um, Evan, from the moderator side of things, do you automatically accept the splits that are on screen? How does it work with uh, with verifying runs? So I, so the most important splits are starting and ending, and that's usually all that matters because all the splits in between are just what help you learn where you're slowing down. Um, so I look for it starting at the right time. Um, I, I look for it to match when it's starting, and then I look for it to match the end. Um, We've had some instances in the past where people will split late on their final split, and then there's we're trying to figure out frame by frame where they actually hit the end. Mm -hmm. um, the the best thing you can do is when if you're not really com competing for frame perfect, like I beat you by two frames, Mario, just won. go with where you split it. Um, you might be off by a few hundredths of a second or a tenth of a second or something like that, but um, it's a lot easier for the for the reviewer to do that. But once you get to like Super Mario Brothers one, where it's it's literally they're saving a single frame and setting the world record. Um, 
that's when you actually get out the frame by frame clicking through and Mike, have you ever gone back and actually retimed a run? Oh yeah, I have um, gone back and frame counted uh, using different software um, and, and loaded my video in and then counted the individual frames. Um, I did that in uh, Lost Level or Super Mario Brothers 2 Japanese version. Um, and I, I did that, I was going for a goal and I was actually one frame short of my goal, so I had to continue playing. Um, <laughs> but I have used those to, to time out runs. Cool, very cool, okay. So that's kind of like timing in a nutshell. And it's, for me at least, I still sometimes forget to split and sometimes forget to do these things. And the nice thing, knowing that I can go back and time it afterwards is kind of a, a, just a safety net to feel a little bit better about the run. Okay, so here's the first run. And um, this is, so you wanna record yourself playing your run through. The only way that you can submit a, rec uh, a competitive speedrun is to record what you're doing. Um, there are very elaborate setups, but literally if you were to your put your phone on a tripod and shoot your television screen or shoot whatever screen you're playing on, that counts as a run. Before we had Twitch and all this kind of stuff, this was before we had, I wasn't stream running, streaming at the time, but, but that's, you know, that, that was a perfectly acceptable way to submit a run. So you don't have to invest in a lot of hardware or software or anything like that to submit, to submit a run. Um, one of the easiest ways I've found to record my gameplay is with uh, OBS, which is a software that's available online for free. It's actually how we're recording <laughs> this, uh, this panel right now. And it's, it's super uh, e easy and friendly and is really powerful and gets you right up and going right away. So if you were playing on an emulator, which may be the way that's easiest to get started if you're playing a retro game or if you're playing a PC game, OBS just records your screen, nice and easy. You can pop the timer on there if you need to, or you can just, you can just do a full screen, full bleed, uh, uh, capturing your gameplay. So pretty simple. And there's, I'm gonna go here. So this is the next one. So how do you record gameplay from a console or something else other than what's on your computer? Well, you use a capture device. Probably many of you have heard of this. There's two different kinds of capture devices. We have one here. We actually have two. Oh, we got two of them, great. So um, there's, there's external capture devices and internal capture devices, and both of them offer pros and cons and pluses and minuses. Um, the, I, I'm gonna hand it over. What are the benefits, Evan, to, uh, to an internal versus an external uh, capture device? So the internal capture devices have a lot higher bandwidth to the computer, and in some cases can get you nearly frame to frame to the console, usually there's a, the, the best you can get is like a one frame difference. Um, but that's sometimes playable. You, depending on the game, you may be able to just play literally on the screen. You don't have to have a second screen. Um, the externals are really nice because you can travel with them. So, you know, we can stream right here from the, the hotel room if we wanted to. Um, the externals tend to be a little easier to set up because they're designed for consumers. Whereas the internal capture cards in a lot of cases are gonna be professional cards. Um, they also, the, the internal cards being professional cards tend to be a little more tolerant of uh, different signals. Um, the different consoles all output at slightly different frame rates and at slightly different resolutions and uh, the game capture devices are really designed, uh, most of them are designed for more modern consoles that output exactly 60 frames per second at exactly 720p or something like that. Um, but you'll get, I mean, they'll, they'll work for you. Uh, these are great, like this one totally will accept component video at 240p, and this was 25 bucks on eBay brand new. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't require you to go out and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And you can, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, there's yeah. no limit to what you can <laughs> spend on your stream setup. 
but you can get started if you want to play from your console on your um, TV at home and then capture it. I mean, you can get started for probably like 60 bucks. Capture, you know, right. capture device, cables, splitter. Yeah. And, and that, that's really all you need. Right. If you, you want to do it that way. If you're yeah. playing emulator, you don't need anything. You just need a computer. Just need a computer. Right, exactly. Stuff you already have at home. I think that's kind of the nice thing, too, about, and we're going we're gonna to go through this a little bit during the presentation, but that there are really a bunch of different, it's just a matter of how much you want to invest into it. Mm -hmm. It is still a perfectly viable and acceptable uh, to to submit a run literally filmed on your cell phone. So that's really the key thing. But then these are they make these great devices. Like I didn't realize that was only twenty five bucks. I mean that's that's fantastic. We can yeah. Can and the the internal capture card I have in my computer when it was brand new was like five hundred dollars. Oh it God. was a professional capture card. The one you see on the screen right now, the internal one, that's the one I'm actually using. It's a DataPath Vision card and eBay, 80 bucks, and it accepts a million different types of formats. Um, I push some craziness that we'll get into <laughs> through my capture device, thanks to Evan and talking me into buying more stuff. But uh, th th you really, it's nice if you start to invest in this stuff if you have a capture card that can accept a bunch of different formats. Yeah, the first capture card I used was $30. It was a, a Dazzle DVC-100 nice. accepted composite video. I had to do a workaround for the audio. A dark man actually could speak to. He, we worked through something before, but I used that for years and didn't have anything else. And I noticed that you. I think you still stream on composite, don't you? For your I do. I have not done done any upgrades or anything. I use a GV USB two, which is probably the most popular retro or um, composite, um, and it also has S video um, capture device, and you can get those for about thirty five dollars. Nice. And and the 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 for the viewer, it's still a very enjoyable stream, but it gets the point. You know, you, your run can be verified. It's not yeah, <laughs> some yeah, quality or anything like yeah. that. Okay, so once you've recorded, figured out a way to actually get your console or your emulator or whatever it is recorded, you have to obviously submit the run. Um, YouTube is just the easiest platform for all of us because it it basically you can upload any almost any format uh, to YouTube and it'll save the video. Um, one of the struggles with Twitch is that it will save your runs and everything, but you have to s specifically highlight your video to, to, to save it. And the player, I, I don't know about others, but I, I have struggled with the reliability of the actual Twitch player, especially for videos that are from years before. So um, that's why I choose YouTube over others. I don't know if you guys feel the same way or not when you've submitted your videos, but... Yeah. I, I exclusively use the, the Twitch highlight feature. Oh, you okay. So you yeah. Yeah, I've I've used I use Twitch Highlight and I submit those runs to speedrun.com, but I will export the video to YouTube as a backup. Got okay. it. Fair point. So basically, what you want to do when you submit your run, create an account on speedrun.com. It's free. It's easy. You just put your info in there, and then you search for your game and you submit the run. And here's what a typical uh, run sheet looks like. You have to input the game, the time, the console, the region, and uh, depending on if you've used a, an emulator or not, that may be one of the things you need to select for the platform. Because, like we mentioned before, different games might have a, a, an emulator category. And then a link to your video. Um, I, I've always been curious, so when you submit your runs, Lack, do you edit them at all before you put them on, you know, before you save them to YouTube or Twitch or anything like that? I don't do any video editing. I'll trim them to include the beginning or the end of the previous run and then through the end of the timing for the next or for the run that I'm submitting. And if you do, are you using the tools online or do you have your own tools to, to trim? I I just use the ones online. Just okay. Perfect. Yeah. You can do I mean if you're uploading, you can you can edit the video, but I try to not edit the video as much because you don't want to tamper with the video if once you're getting, you know, when you're getting started, just highlight the video and submit it. It's no big deal. 
uh, one of the things I do like about using YouTube as well is it does have editing tools, so you can actually trim right there on YouTube, and it's you don't have to download any extra software or anything yeah. like that. Plus, I assume Evan that you're you're thankful when when the video is actually just the uh, the gameplay. Yep, yep. The the I'm pretty much every time I've seen a first run submitted, it usually is uh, the run will be five minutes of a 45 minute video, mm -hmm. and they'll say, "Oh, starts at this time." I'm like, "Well." If you know when it started, why didn't you just cut it down? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just about education. And right. um, like I moderate several games too. And so if I go to verify a run and it's, they just did their entire broadcast. Um, like one example is the broadcast is going to be deleted after a certain amount of time. So you'd want to highlight and get that down to something. If somebody actually wants to watch your run, they would rather see the highlight instead of the entire stream. Yeah. So. How long does it take to verify a run? I, I, I know it depends on the game, but <laughs> what's it? What's it? The, the, the bare minimum time would be the time that the run takes. Um, usually there's a little bit of inspection at the beginning, um, inspection at the end just to make sure that the, the splitting's right, and then uh, I'll watch it and, and be looking for any weirdness. Um, every now and then, you know, Twitch will, there, there was some problem with the stream, and Twitch will like cut out for a second, and I'll be looking. Uh, one of the big things I look at is did the score change in in between yeah, there? Yeah. Um, you know, did did the amount of life they have change? That kind of thing. Anything that would that would tell me that the 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 video has been altered, that's been spliced together with two runs. Um, so you are looking for that during the verification I am, process. I right? am looking for that. Um, yeah, I mean. So yeah, one thing that uh, helps with um, verification is is the question you're asking is is this person capable of this time? Mm -hmm. You know, for lower or for runs that are, are newer players or just submitting, I honestly don't watch their video. I look at the time. I'm like, okay, that looks good. That's good. I'm verifying. Obviously, Evan <laughs> Evan has much higher yeah right was, higher yeah. standards <laughs> for the bonks <laughs> adventure. Well, bonks, to be bonks, right? bonks revenge. Sorry, revenge. Sorry, uh, but, revenge. But to be fair, those runs are a lot shorter. And we yeah, have five yeah. runners. So, okay, so it's a, yeah. Um, so yeah, good. But uh, that I mean that is a big thing though. Like like newer runners, if their if their time is you know five hundredth, yeah, you're probably not going to put as much time into verifying. Or I am personally yeah. not going to put that much time verifying <laughs> yeah. runs and. And speedrun.com is a community site, so right, yeah. every, like all the games that I moderate, we require video proof. Not mm -hmm. all of the games yeah. require that, it's true. Uh, but it's available to anyone else, and, and that does happen. People will go back to watch a run a lot of times to see what this person was able to do, to learn mm -hmm. from it, and they'll go, hey, this is funny. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, and then you can, from that point, um, kind of validate yeah. whether it's a legit run or not, or yeah. see if there's any anything fishy going on. Absolutely, okay, makes sense. You click the submit button. Couple of, sometimes, sometimes it's been a couple of days. Sometimes it does. I, for my Mario three submits that I've done, sometimes it can take a week or two, depending yeah. on. So many people are submitting to Mario three, obviously. So I know it depends on on the game and that kind yeah. of thing. I would definitely say that runners or times near the top of the leaderboard get much more scrutiny yep. than the times at the bottom. Yeah, but makes a lot of sense. Shouldn't discourage you. Always submit your runs. It's fun to track, especially if you're going to stay with speedrunning, yep. to uh, kind of see your progress over years. I mean, I, that's what I do. I always submit every PB, even if it's by one second or less, you know, just always submit. It's a really good idea. Actually, I didn't think about that, the longevity. You can actually track your progress, progress and everything like that. Yes, and there, there's a lot of functionality on speedrun.com and it's growing so that you can analyze your splits over time. Uh, there's other sites too. Uh, Splits.io is another great site to, you can just drag your splits file to the website and it'll process it and show you 
all kind of statistics about your um, your split history. Very cool. So you can see where you're where you need to work on or what needs. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Where you compare to other people too. So yeah. it's a very good community site. Very cool. So after going through all that, you've finished your first run. <laughs> so how do we get better? It's going to be the next part here. And there are many different tools to improve on a run. Um, one of the nice things, it, well, so many games, not all games, but uh, many games nowadays have a tool-assisted speedrun. And all, that a all a tool-assisted speedrun is, is just using software to beat a game. And so they're able to do things that a human at that time <laughs> cannot physically do. Um, and it's, it's, it's really helpful to, to find uh, certain ways to play through certain parts of a game. Even Bonk's Revenge, I was very lucky that we had a, a task available. And so a lot of our strats and strategies that we, we, we tried to beat the game were derived from the task. And we we're just fortunate to have one. So always take a look at the task video. It's a good, easy way to try to improve your run. Routing, I'm going to throw it over to Lack on a couple of these stuff, but routing is can be like a huge, and some people really love it, other people struggle with it. <laughs> I've enjoyed finding new routes for Bonk's Revenge, and as a simple platform, you can, yeah, it can't be that amazing. Well, try some things out. You never know. Time some things. That's one of the great things you mentioned about, uh, you know, with, with Live Split, you can track the ways you're doing things, and it's an easy way to discover, hey, you know, that way is actually quicker than that way. Um, then there's, you know, there's world record strategies versus beginning strategies, and so, I, you know, for Mario 3, I, of course, went to Karua and, and Mitch Flower Power. Like, what are they doing <laughs> at the highest level to see, you know? And I was like, okay, wait a minute. I can't do these right away. So, but it's good to try them out and, and, and see if you can do some of these things. And you never know. After some practice, you may be able to give some of these things a try. And you put them in your run, and all of a sudden, it's 20 seconds faster than, <laughs> than you did before. Uh, glitch hunting, which is very simple. You're just you're looking for ways to exploit uh, parts of the game that may be broken um, in... in in Bonk's Revenge, there's a couple different glitches we exploit, playing bosses in a way that they weren't necessarily designed to do, so we're able to get extra hits on them, things like that. And then this is one of the biggest ones for me, personally, is the no reset and racing attempts. Just doing a run without resetting uh, improved my ability to play the game tremendously. As prepping for, for GDQ, actually, um, I just had to do a bunch of no reset runs, and all of a sudden, I'm you know, draining time. All the chunks that I haven't been able to beat were no longer, I was able to take them on because I'd just gone through the game. Every, I had to play every part of the game uh, to do it. And then obviously the last one is just practice and you try to do as many thousands of attempts. Any one of these, uh, any strategies, do, do you, or what do you do? How do you get better at a run? At a run? I do, honestly, I do a lot of no reset. That's what I did for Zelda 1 because the game's so complex. It's, it's a longer, it's like 30 plus minutes um, when I was starting out. Um, and it's really just becoming familiar with all parts of the game, what to do when things go wrong. Like that's your no reset attempts really help you in that regard. Um, I do save state practice for certain games, like the thing, things with a lot of muscle memory, like Mario game um, or other platformers. You can use, um, I think we're going to talk about that later, um, but I use uh, save states on a flash cart, which allow you to um, just load a, a certain room or... Um, uh, when you're trying to attempt like something like flagpole glitch you, on Mario 1, you can just reset the thing over so you can get the muscle memory down. And it's real, you're just developing consistency. Um, while muscle you, memory, uh, things like that? Yeah, muscle memory, just being able to um, react, went to something like an enemy in a different spot or something. Um, 
That, that's really the main thing. I'm actually a horrible router. Uh, I am very bad. So every route I've come up with in Zelda 1 has been obsoleted. Like almost, they're like, this is bad, <laughs> uh, almost immediately. So I'm good at the game, So I, but I'm not very good at routing. Um, it's usually up to the other, other runners in the community to come up with the best route. One thing I see a lot of beginners get, speaking of no resets, one thing I see a lot of beginners get uh, lost in is, is they, they learn how to do the first couple levels really well because they've done them a lot. And then they then they start resetting because they screwed up one little thing and they are not learning the end of the game or they're not realizing there's still tons of time left to save in the game. You know, you might have lost a second and a half in the first level, but you still have four minutes to make up in the rest yeah. of the game. So you can still personal, you know, still get a PB, still get a, a world record if, you, if you're the only one doing the game or if you, you know, if there's only a few people doing the game. Uh, but you're throwing that away because you're so caught up on just that you missed one little thing early. That was definitely me. My first 500 attempts, I'm sure, round, round one or level one. Yeah. It was, you know, it's just one of those things. And getting out of that habit was huge. So that, don't be afraid to try those things out. Um, as as uh, Lack was going to mention, so this, so first of all, if you've got an emulator, a free way to practice. <laughs> you could just you can create your save states, and you now if you play on console, obviously there's a difference between the way the emulator plays and the console plays. However, it's still a great way to practice. You can still learn to develop some of your own strats or some of your own routing or things like that. But if you're still inclined and you want to invest a little bit. Um, most every console nowadays has uh, a flash card. And all a flash card is, is you're able to you know, put all your games on an SD card. And this is for an, an NES one. Did I put it in the right one? Yeah, okay. Let me make a, a comment. The ROM backups of the games that you own. You, thank yes. you, yes. On the SD card. Yeah. That you legally own. And yes. We, we don't want to get sued. Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, so this one's for Nintendo. And what it does is you can just do save states like in an emulator on your console. Um, we're so fortunate to live in a time where almost every console has some sort of flash cart available for it. Um, I'm going to make a real quick pitch, though, that if anybody wants to develop save states for a TurboGrafx-16, I would super appreciate it because <laughs> yeah. one does not exist right now. So <laughs> it makes it really challenging to practice bonks. But, uh, but these are great, and, and they're super, super helpful uh, um, tools to get better. It also helps when you come to one of these events that you're able to have that and not carry, you know, a stack of 20 yeah. carts. It's just really nice to um, kind of preserve the games, too. I didn't have to bring luggage that had the, yeah. all my yeah. games with it yeah. and everything like that. So, okay. So, you want to, let's say you want to start doing, trying some new things out. And I, I would argue that, that um, competitive speedrunners at the highest level stream their runs. Um, obviously, Mario 3 was the first game I streamed. So, this is Karua and Mitch who, you know, they're, they're, they have, they're the top record holders right now in Mario 3, and there's a certain aspect of legitimacy to streaming your run. And that is, is that, first of all, I can be seen by people live. Yes, there could still be some manipulation, all those kind of things. But for the most part, as a community, we've, we've agreed upon that legitimacy exists for those people that are streaming their, their speed runs. And it's, it's, besides that, it's fun. <laughs> it's really fun once you've started to play the game and you, you, want, to, you want to share it with other people. I, I, don't, I wouldn't have found the Bonk's Revenge community, all six of us, if, <laughs> if it wasn't for streaming. So I really, that's, that's, I think it's such a great tool for that. Um, I, I got another slide here. So, actually, let me go back here a sec. Sorry, my apologies. Why, why, why should we stream our runs? Like, wh why do you stream your 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 runs? I find speedrunning to be very boring if I'm not streaming, because if I'm resetting, like, I don't get to share that experience. I find it very valuable to share the speedrunning experience with the community. 
And so if I'm just playing offline runs, some people like offline runs. I don't really personally care for them. Um, if I'm streaming that, somebody else is able to watch and kind of share in that experience. So I always stream. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's, it's, it's definitely uh, adds, uh, makes it way less boring. Because yeah. you'll be resetting a bunch of times. Yeah. There's, also, there's also the aspect that if, if you get people watching you, you can make money doing it. You're probably yeah, not going to make That's true. Nowadays, yes. You're probably not going to make a living doing it. But, hey, if it costs you $100 to get the hardware to set up, maybe in three or four months you get 100 bucks, And, it pays for and it. it's paid itself off. Definitely, for sure. Right? Yeah. Um, so here's what you need to start streaming your runs online. You need a decent internet connection, and that one you actually do kind of need a decent internet connection. I strongly recommend if you have available uh, a wired connection. Um, while I don't have the fastest internet at home, as soon as I started going in through the wired connection, the I started I stopped dropping frames. Like the con the, the, the actual uh, stream of itself just improved dramatically. Uh, you can do it on a desktop or laptop. You obviously need the capture software as we talked about before, OBS, but there are others that exist. And then uh, you need, we talked about the, the capture device, and you need a Twitch or a YouTube account. Both platforms, there's actually other platforms too, but for the most part, especially in North America, Twitch and YouTube are the dominant players, Twitch being the dominant one, but YouTube does have streaming nowadays as well. And then the optional stuff, um, some people actually do just stream their gameplay. Um, but there are, if you want to you take it uh, another level and, and have some commentary during it and all those kind of things, uh, you want to have a microphone or a uh, camera and or a camera. Couple different ways you can start this out. I started with uh, the gaming headset. This is just you know uh, the Cloud HyperX, whatever. It has a microphone. You can hear your game. You can talk on it. Very simple. Very easy to do. And doesn't once again using stuff around the house. I just happened to have this one when I got started. Mm -hmm. um, Let's see. So. Yeah, I started out. I didn't use microphone or camera. Nothing. Okay, so it was just yeah. the gameplay, huh? Mm -hmm. That's see once again. I have. It took me like a year plus to actually put a camera on stream. I think I made it a donation incentive. <laughs> nice, perfect <laughs> to start talking. Here is my setup at home, and this is so. This is as we're taking the next step. We're moving stream improvements, but this is, gets a little ridiculous real quick, folks. So I, I totally understand that part. But if you do, if you if you're into this stuff, it's it's really kind of fun to make sure that people can hear you. So you want to have a microphone, people can see you. You have a camera. Um, I don't have a green screen setup. Some people do. I always think it's kind of fun to see. You know, I, it makes it a little more uh, personal, I guess. I think to see, you know, <laughs> see my unmade bed in the background, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly, and how the bed has changed over the years yeah. and everything like that. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it, it what you do need is you need the computer and you need uh, if you're streaming retro games. I play on a CRT. I, it's I find I it really challenging. CRT. Yeah. Have you ever tried playing not on a CRT? Is it is it even possible? It's well, it's more of what you're used to. Um, there's a uh, with newer TVs, the LCD LED TVs. There's lag um, just from processing the signal. And so you might push a button and then wait a couple moments and then Mario jumps. <laughs> so a prominent Super Mario RPG speedrunner speedran on an LCD and just adjusted all of his timings to be able to play on that. And so if I played there, it'd be awful. I wouldn't be able to do anything, but he was able to do it. So it's more of just kind of what you're used to. Usually about six to eight frames of delay. So yeah, which once you start speed running, you'll know that's just that's like painful. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. such an adjustment. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. When you sit there and you you look at the TV, you push the button, and the guy jumps. You're like, oh, it's really not that big of a deal. But when you get running and you, you know, slam right into the the Koopa sh shell yeah. instead of yeah, jumping you, over it, yep. you, you feel the pain. Yeah. So if, if you really do enjoy the streaming aspect of it, and I, I, you, 
Really easy to. Um, there are some improvements you can make to your stream that enhance some of the visuals, if that's your thing, or enhance the audio. Um, I use a light when I stream, and it's just it's helpful so people can see what I'm doing. Doesn't you don't necessarily need that, but it's it's definitely something that's helpful. Um, I now use the microphone on the end there. That's the uh, the Samsung, um, and it's 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 just a microphone, but it's it's a little bit. You can, I can get a little bit closer to my face, and it's a little bit easier to hear what the commentary is and things like that. Um, some of the video upgrades, and this is one of the big reasons I'm glad Evan's on the panel, is that there are a whole bunch of stuff to actually improve what your uh, output looks like from games. You, if you're using, uh, if you'll notice, a lot of, I mean, this thing's 30 years old. So, you know, it, it, it was designed for a time when we, HD didn't exist. So how do we get our, our gameplay to look better if that's something we're into? Evan, tell us a little bit about scalers. <laughs> what are scalers? So, so uh, this is probably the, uh, the least expensive Full, full-bodied scaler you can get at this point. Full-bodied is a weird word to say, but uh, <laughs> it, it full-featured. That's the word I'm go. looking for. There you go. Um, this is a uh, OSSC or open-source scan converter, and basically what they do is they take um, the the individual frames from the game and they scale them up so they they duplicate the pixels or triplicate pixels. I think this will go up to five x. Yeah, that one will five x now. Um, so it'll it'll do. Uh, and it takes in, there's a couple of options for how it takes things in. It'll actually take in um, uh, VGA signal, um, component video, SCART. Um, I think it'll actually even take in composite if you have oh, uh, yeah. the little adapter mm -hmm. for it. And it'll output it over HDMI. And so if you have an HDMI capture card, you can do that. You can run it into your TV. Uh, this thing is as close to zero lag as you're going to see in hardware. It's it If it adds a frame of lag, that's a frame every few frames. It's not even adding a frame every single frame. Um, but these are really good. They're like 200 euros right now. So they're like $250 or so. And uh, they're finally kind of regularly in stock. So you can actually get them whenever you want them now. Uh, they ship from Europe and they take a couple weeks to get to you, but they're, they're really good. Um, you'll see the Frame Meister as an option out there. Uh, the the Frame Meister would be one of those situations where I would probably do it as a, as a secondary output. So you run it to um, a splitter or you run it to, into a professional video monitor that has a second output. Um, the Frame Meister, will, the nice thing about it is it'll output actual compliant HDMI signals. Uh, the downside to it is that it has a, f a frame buffer in it, so it actually will add a little bit of lag, one to, about one and a half, one to two frames of lag. Um, but both are going to produce really nice, crisp uh, visuals. I don't know what. Uh, do we know what uh, they're using out there for? They're using some. They're using an OSSC as a scaler for the actual uh, the the marathon that we're we're doing. So uh, all those games are coming in usually through uh, higher end connections like the SCART RGB or the component video, and you're seeing really nice, crisp pixels, and that's kind of what you're going for. Yeah, the frame meister is actually really hard to find now. They're run about four or five hundred dollars for yeah, one of those. So yeah. OSSC is a much more affordable option if you're looking for high quality. Yeah, the video processor in the the frame meister is actually end of life. So they bought as many as they could, and they're going to continue making them till they run out. But they will run. But out. But they have not announced what the the successor to it is. So, so if you want to spend some more money. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an RGB modded Nintendo, and what RGB means is that it's getting the the native highest quality signal out of the console. Am I describing that correctly? Yeah. 
it's a little different on the NES because of the way it processes. But yeah, got it. So. Thankfully, I had a person do this because I wouldn't have a clue what to do. But they they added an extra thing. They added a uh, a graphics connection to it. I want to make sure I'm getting this yeah. correct. And so you're able to output in 240p, which the reason that's important is because all of these scalers and everything like that, that's the best quality signal you can get to, to scale it up to whatever you want to put on your stream or whatever. Um, the uh, To enhance that as well, there's... A company out there, HD Retrovision, makes uh, these cables that will take your whatever whatever RGB signal you have. This one's actually for Genesis that I use for Turbo Graphics. There's one for, there's not one for Nintendo because you don't need one. You'd have you could have its own component out. Um, but I also have one for the Super Nintendo. And these cables are awesome because they 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 take whatever you've got coming out and they're able to plug it into your component. They they convert to your component. They have they have some smarts in here. There's some chips and stuff like that. I don't know if I'm getting all this technicality stuff right, but you're, you're pretty close. Okay, close enough? Okay. I know they work awesome, okay? So the, if you're looking to improve the signal. The one really nice thing about those, especially if even if you're not going to speed run, even if you just can play casually, um, mo most of us have a parent or grandparent that still has a big CRT TV, but it was one of the ones at the very tail end, and those have component inputs, and those work great with those. I mean, you you will not believe what Mario looks like in Super Mario World until you see it. Um, the also the thing, uh, the the guys who make this, you can actually just contact them. They're they're super available, and uh, they're the cables are a little bit more expensive. I think these ones are about eighty bucks or so, but well worth it. They're super well made, heavy duty. I've put a lot of action on them already, and they've they've held up quite well. So, anything else I'm missing on the scalers or the uh, hardware mod stuff? Uh, I mean, it's never ending, really. There's really no end to. Yeah, depending on the console you're playing with, you may not need to mod it at all. Like every single model of Genesis outputs RGB natively. You just need a correct cable for it. Um, almost all of the models of Super Nintendo output RGB. Some are a little bit better than others, but don't spend a lot of money. the The biggest thing that you, if you can take away from this is is start with what's free for you, and and then work up from there. If you get a day job, you have a little more disposable yeah. income, just go for it, you know? So, okay. So, that being said, uh, we do have a few minutes left. Uh, are there any questions or anything that people are interested in that maybe we didn't cover? Yeah, what's up? Um. Uh, I definitely uh, once <laughs> other than me and lack and you know, one of the big things that's brought attention is coming to marathons and submitting to to actually run at the marathon. Um, another one is uh, once once this became a thing, I started telling everyone. I was going into other people's streams, being like, "Hey, you know, I just got started speedrunning," and some some people hate that, and and by all means, follow the rules of whoever stream you go into. Um, but a lot of times people go, oh man, Bonk's Revenge, I remember playing that game, that game's great. Or uh, something like that. Um, yeah, have you taken on any more obscure games, Lack? And that oh, oh yeah, I've taken on a few. I actually played Big Nose the Caveman here at, um, AGDQ, <laughs> or at AGDQ 17. And uh, that was a game I played as a kid. Nobody had ever heard of it. I just started streaming it a bunch and you know, act interested in the game. Um, there's some, like, online marathons that you could probably submit to um, that, you know, like, it's hard to get a game that nobody's heard of into a GDQ. Yeah. Um, but I it's, don't know uh, how it happened. I'm just telling you right now. I have no idea why they accepted Bonk's Revenge. Yeah, I mean, so. sometimes you roll the dice and it works. But, 
Um, I would recommend just, you know, looking for a smaller event to try to build some momentum and like, like I was just watching uh, Omni Gamer play his Game Gear game, Sylvan, a Sylvan Tale, which I'd never heard of. I think it was Japanese only, but I watched him play it and I was like, this game's actually pretty cool. And so I think it's just kind of exposing people to the game and finding a platform for it. Um, but if you if you stream it uh, and, and people come watch, then yeah. you know if you find another game and then people there's some crossover there and oh I like whatever game that you're you're playing. Yeah. So. Evan definitely knows. I'm kind of on a mission to, to recruit for Bonk's Revenge, and you know, just a few weeks, ago, months ago, that you did that our community basically didn't exist, and so I have submitted to every possible marathon I, I'm able to, and I started. You mentioned online marathon, Retrothon was going on, and they accept almost any game. There was I, I don't, there was hundreds of viewers watching at that time and everything like that, and so I was trying to just get it out there as much as I can. I, Evan, you know, he he did you have to request from speedrun.com to get it to be a moderator or something? Like yeah, that? so there was a moderator for the game, and there were no video submissions at that point, and I I was wondering, and um, so I I just asked. I said, hey, no nobody's I submitted a run, and it's been two weeks, and nobody's reviewed it. Um, can I be a moderator? And they said, sure, we made you a super mod. And so I have complete control over the game now. Um, <laughs> Perfect. I haven't heard from, is it, is, it's not you, is it? No. No, there's some, there's, <laughs> I don't remember who it is, the other person that, that is the moderator, but no. I have not ever heard from them. Oh yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember his name yeah. <laughs> or her name. It could be, it could be anybody. Cool. Uh, any other Did questions? Did that kind of answer your question? Yeah, sorry, that, like, that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, yeah just a way to find, I guess, more viewers for, you know, if it's your channel or if it's somebody else's channel that you're a part of. So. Yeah. Hey, what you got? Oh, they're looking at me. Um, <laughs> Well, <laughs> the expected outcome of speedrunning is failure. I mean, you're not going to PB every single run. If it was easy, wouldn't be able to do it. Um, that internal drive of just kind of achieving something in a game is really what gets me or encourages me to continue. I have gotten discouraged on runs, and maybe I'll pick something else up for a while and come back to it. Um, I learned Super Mario Brothers 2 U.S., um, and there was one trick that I couldn't get in a run. I was, everything else was great and I couldn't get this trick. So I stopped and practiced for like 20 minutes and, and then I got it and got a PB. So that's it. It's like 20 minutes and then you're done. Um, but no, um, discouraging things can happen. It's really, you have to find it, kind of find it in yourself or your community. Um, you know, I, the viewers I have all just say, you know, don't give up. I always have the never give up mentality. If I really want it, I just keep going after it. Um, but discouragement can happen, and I, I practice and just repetition. And So recently I felt like I've been getting worse at Bonk's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> and what I've found out is that I'm playing the game faster in certain sections, so my arrival points have changed for when I reach bosses and things like that. It actually does have an impact on the way the game plays. And so what's actually been working for me is taking a break. I picked up a new game. I picked up this game, Pac-Land, another game nobody's ever heard of, and it's super fun. It's just it's a great way to get my mind off of it and just take a break. And um, sometimes that, unfortunately, I wanted to practice as much as I could for my, the GDQ run. But like I know that taking some time off has definitely helped. 
Um, and when it gets late at night, beer, huge help. So just throwing that out there <laughs> if that's your thing. So, you know, uh, it's, you know, many different, many, hopefully, hopefully that helps you out a little bit and rely on the community. You know, I'm, we're fortunate to have a... What's your game? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I'm learning that too, and it is very difficult. So they make it look so easy. Yeah, if you, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of technical controls. Oh, geez. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, keep at it, man. You know, it's part of it. Never give up. You can do it. <laughs> Anybody else? Well, that's a, yeah. What, what you got? Question. Uh, a lot of games have um, either a guide in the in the resources section. Have a guide, um, or just watching other videos. Like you can you can see what they're doing, and uh, depending on how how popular the game is, sometimes you can just go into streams and say, "Hey, how did you do that?" And they'll usually, as long as they're not you know like hardcore focused in, uh, they'll, they'll stop and talk to you and say, "Hey, this is how I did it." Because most of the games I've seen. People want more people. It's not. It's not that they want less people. They. It looks better if you're the you know number five out of five hundred than it does if you're number five out of ten, or out of five. Or yeah. out of five. That's, that's <laughs> um, still top five. Okay. That's yeah. Um, but yeah, speedrun.com. If you go back to that slide that has it on there, like every game has like a forum where you can ask questions. A forum where you can ask questions, there's resources, there's guides. Usually a Discord server, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with Discord. Um, go in there and pop in and ask a question. Um, depending on how mature your game is as a speed game, there would be a practice cart available, a tutorial available. When I started out, I watched other people's speed runs and took notes, uh, manual notes, and just copied them, essentially. I mean, that's what we're doing is we're building on other people's experience yep. in speed games and just trying to get better there also um for a lot of games there's uh task notes that accompany the tasks i know it sounds kind of crazy but there are they tell you how they exploited certain things in the game and it's really interesting that's actually i discovered a couple of the glitches uh especially specifically for the first boss um he mentioned that's how he exploited this glitch on the, on the first boss in bonk's revenge super helpful you're mentioning games too that like you know nobody's ever even tried here's a weird one but it actually has worked for me um i actually commentated over my own runs and i just made recorded a video and watched it back like did that make sense what i was talking about or what that was and just kind of identifying the way you play the game can might help you improve some of your strategies uh moving forward with the game so hey I, I like Lack's idea. If if you're running a lot of runs in succession, uh, start at the very tail end of the previous run. Um, but you definitely a, a good way is if you if it's your first run, start the video when you turn the console on, or even before that. Sometimes um, a lot of submitted videos you'll see will actually have a you know no signal input detected, uh, where they just haven't even turned the console on and the capture cards just saying I don't see anything. Yeah, yeah. very well said.
Good question. That's a tough one. There, so uh, first of all, you all have to do some homework on your emulators. Uh, different emulators emulate the game differently. Yeah. Um, and actually, there are there's even certain uh, speedrun rules that s prohibit specific emulators on them. Mm -hmm. So start there. Look what is recommended for whatever game you're submitting, and then Google is your friend, you know. But also ask the community. I, I lack pointed to something the Discord servers. I think that's a really great tool if you're if you're one person because a lot of us have to. Like I had to start with emulators. I didn't have anything else, so I think it's a really good place to start is to ask others what they're doing and how well how accurate is it because mm -hmm. you'll you'll have people who still emulate the game and they can compare it against their console, so you'll know how that experience is. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else has any other. Uh, eBay and and Craigslist and garage sales are, are your friend. Um, there's a lot of thrift stores. There's a, I, it's it's really terrible to say this from this point of view of somebody that loves retro consoles. But there's a lot of parents out there that have no idea what they have. And you know, Johnny went off to college, and they're like, I hate looking at this stuff, and they'll sell it off cheap. And it 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 really stinks for Johnny, but it's it's your win. Yeah, uh, emulator is perfectly fine. Learning game, um, you can. Um, get to the top of a game, honestly, on emulator. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, it shouldn't be an inhibitor. I would say, um, to uh, echo what Lab Mackey said about just making sure you're using the correct emulator. And um, and really, I mean, that, that, should, that should be a good enough experience. Like, if you want to do console, like, you're going to have to actually buy a console. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would just make sure your emulator is using the mm -hmm. correct... I'd also uh, hate to recommend it, settings. but I, I had some luck with the Wii Virtual Console, if that's your that's thing. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that one is actually a really good emulation. The, so The only downside to the Wii Virtual Console, I just want to jump in, is uh, you can't buy anything on it anymore. Right, that's <laughs> Oh, yeah. Don't use Wii U. So the it's Wii a, Virtual Console yeah. or Wii U Virtual yeah. Console? Yeah. It looks like we have time for one more question. So you Sure. Oh, there you go. Yeah, trade, trade, big thing. Yeah, well, so so the comment was about uh, you can use Reddit. There's a subreddit that will uh, make that stuff available. Which one is that specifically? Just so we can. Oh, oh okay. okay. <laughs> well, trades a good thing. But uh, all that being said, first of all, thank you, Evan. Thank you, Lack Attack, all for being here. And thank guys, thank you for joining us. And I hope you learned something. And uh, if you have any questions, you can always contact me. I'm. Uh, I'm Lat Mackey on Twitch and on Twitter and all that kind of stuff, and I, I just I really enjoy putting this stuff together. This is the kind of thing I wish existed when I start. I, I still haven't found a very good comprehensive way to do this, so I hope we put together some information and help everyone out out there. So, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Okay, Thanks. thank you. We're gonna call it there. Thanks, guys.